It's time to enter the Nerd Zone. Hit high in the air to left field, going to the corner, Yastrzemski. It's over the wall, it's a home run for Bucky Dent. Yankees get the lead, 3-2, and it's just clear to the The Red Sox yawning. Huh. Alex Rodriguez is drilled, and he says something to Bronson Arroyo. And we know what he said. Here we go. Veritek and A-Rod going at it. Now we're tied at five as we go to the bottom of the 11th. Here's Aaron Boone to lead off. His first at-bat of the game. There's a fly ball deep to left. It's on its way. There it goes. And the Yankees are going to the World Series. Here it is. Ground ball to second. Reese. The Boston Red Sox have won the pennant. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Enter the Nerd Zone. This is Jay. And this is Pete. Pete, my friend, how are you doing today? I am awesome, nerd zone, back in the zone. <laughs> yes, we are. And uh, we're going to try out a new segment here. Uh, we're going to look at some great rivalries. Oh, rival! Oh, go ahead, Pete. Say, before you say anything about the rivalries, and mm-hmm. I know which one we're doing today, I got a really good one. Okay. Go for it. Scrooge McDuck versus the IRS. <laughs> yeah, okay. That would be a good one. <laughs> That actually would be a good one, but um, I mean that's the thing is is you know the rivalries we're gonna t- are gonna we're gonna talk about you know over these next few episodes. I mean they could be things like that. They could be from movies, from cartoons. They could be with products. But I think we're starting off with probably the most famous rivalry like known to anybody anywhere. So Pete, which rivalry are we tackling today? We are tackling the great. New York Yankees versus the Boo, the Boo Sox. <laughs> that's the right. The, that's right. That that scrappy team from Boston, probably one of the greatest sports franchises known to man. Against uh, what were they called again? The Spankies. The twenty-seven, the twenty-seven-time champion New York Yankees. <laughs> is that is that is that the same like as like Ric Flair with all his titles? You know. Yeah. Well, you know, you know. like yeah, the title, but yeah, but he didn't like, <laughs> like the Yankees didn't go like. Against like Sting and he laid down for him, let him win, win a championship. You know they actually won twenty seven and they deserve twenty seven of them. And by the way, nine in a row in the sixth in the fifties and the sixties. Okay, right, yeah. When everybody <laughs> had polio or something, I don't know. Um, but Pete, though, would you agree though? This is probably one of the most famous rivalries, hands down, like across really any any platform, any spectrum. I would think so. Yeah, I mean, there's, I think. The one thing is with rivalries, people don't they they only see it in a sports perspective, I guess. I mean, there are mm-hmm. like we said earlier before we started this whole thing that there's rivalries in products and whatever else. But I think when someone says Yankees Red Sox, you're either you hate or love either team. Exactly. And it almost I mean, it almost kind of transcended the two teams to almost become a New York Boston thing. Yes. Uh, You know, with the Giants and the Patriots, with the Jets and the Patriots, uh, the Celtics and the Knicks and just the two towns in general. Uh, I know you're a big fan of Cheers. 
I know there was like a little side character that would show up. He would show up every once in a while. He was like a guy that grew up in the Bronx and he was living there in Boston and they would give him, they would give him crap at the bar pretty much for being a a Yankees fan and like a New York transplant. So it's kind of gone beyond baseball. Oh yeah, absolutely. You see it in, they made movies about it. I mean, fever pitch with, um, what's that guy's name? The really bad actor. Fallon, Jimmy Fallon, Fallon, yeah, it's a Jimmy yeah. Fallon. <laughs> you know, you see it in movies with like Mark Wahlberg and Matt Damon. They're all like, you know, all these fake Red Sox fans who came around in 2004 oh, when, they, when oh, they won the World Series for the okay. first time in 80 years. You know, where were they before that? You know, Dennis Leary. Um, see, that's the difference between the Yankees and the Red Sox. Their fans are not fake. Yankee fans are not fake. Red Sox fans, they just appeared in 94, kind of like the Patriot fans. They all appear when they win their first Super Bowl with Tom Brady. But before that, can you name a Red so- uh, a Patriot fan? No. <laughs> all righty. Well, we'll definitely get into that. So this Better I mean, no. <laughs> well, this well, this is this is a rivalry. This is a rivalry that's gone way, 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 way back. I mean, the origins, they pretty much trace it back to, you know, before 1918. The Red Sox were the team in baseball. You know, they won the inaugural world championship, which went on to become the World Series. uh, And they were just on a tear. They had probably one of the greatest young players ever, a pitcher by the name of Babe Ruth, who also could hit the ball out of the park. They eventually had to move him to right field so he could bat every day. And that's kind of like... That's kind of the origin of, of the rivalry right there with Babe Ruth going from the Red Sox over to the Yankees, the whole curse of the Bambino and everything. And that really kind of kicked it off right there. That was she- for what? 190, $195,000 was that trade for him for 195000 Was that the deal, I think? It was for $125,000. But yeah. back then, that's what now? Uh yeah, million, I'm sure there's million, three million, something like that. It's 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 it would definitely it would probably translate to to a hefty amount, and you know it's 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 just an it's it's just crazy. It's just this is kind of like I guess one of the earliest you know sports transactions that was purely financial. You know they had the Red Sox had at that time probably one of the greatest baseball players ever. And instead of like, hey, let's keep them and let's generate championships and this and that. I mean, it was it was all about the money, really. I mean, that's that's all it really was about. Yeah, and that definitely is the stem of we well, you know that, that maybe not such the rivalry. I mean, probably yes, but mm-hmm. that's where you know the whole begins of the Red Sox saga of eight, 1918 to when they till they won the championship in 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that that really sparked a lot of this hatred between each other, other than being in the same division. Yeah, and I, you know, and, and kind of like doing some research on this. I mean, the rivalry actually between the two cities went back a little bit further because you know both these cities on the East Coast, you know, they sit pretty much off the Atlantic. I mean, they're they're both really kind of if you think about it, seaport towns. Um, or seaport cities, I should say. And Boston, 
you know, had really kind of dominated that until, you know, New York, you know, got access to the Great Lakes, uh, the Erie Canal and whatnot, then they started to kind of come up as like a, a bigger powerhouse, like, a you know, financially as a city. So, I mean, there was definitely seeds for a rivalry there. And, you know, the Red Sox are like, Red Sox fans, I should say, are like, okay, great. And now you're going to give, you know, that city that's like stealing, you know, they're stealing all our business and everything. And now you're going to give them the greatest baseball player ever. You know, well, we just hate them now. <laughs> and, yeah. and and that's really, really where it started. And the other thing, too, that's really interesting is a lot of people say, well, you know, it was Babe Ruth. Actually, like over the next three years since since the Red Sox did that deal, a lot of these names I don't know, but they from the Red Sox over to the Yankees. Wally Shang, Everett Scott, Carl Mays, Wait Hoyt, Joe Bush, and Sam Jones, they went from the Red Sox to the Yankees, and pretty much the Red Sox went from one of the best teams in baseball to one of the worst teams in baseball. It was like they switched. It was like all of a sudden now the Yankees getting all this talent from Boston is now on top, and they would pretty much you know, like them or not, I mean, they would pretty much dominate baseball from that point on really until – the mid 60s maybe yeah so the yanks from in the 40s 50s and, and early 60s probably won like 12 or 13 championships maybe a little bit more than that mm-hmm. um i mean yogi Berra won 11 um on his own who no one really has that that many championships i think in any sport other than maybe Rick phil Flair. jackson well yeah Rick Flair. Uh, we're not counting that sorry <laughs> phil jackson as a coach and he mm-hmm. He has one as a player with the Knicks. Yes. Um, but, you know, so those teams, I mean, you went – Babe Ruth started it all, okay? And Absolutely. we thank Boston for having that. And then you <laughs> go down the line, you, you, you know, the next set of years, you have Joe DiMaggio versus Ted Williams, who is the yeah. better player. Right. And and the interesting thing with that is, you know, obviously, for those that don't know, Joe DiMaggio, obviously, he was the Yankee Clipper. I mean, he was he was the pride of the Yankees. Jolton Ted Williams, Jolton Joe. Exactly. Then you had Teddy Ballgame, Ted Williams, probably considered probably one of the greatest modern day hitters ever oh, yeah. playing over in Boston. The interesting thing is, is a lot of baseball experts would say Ted Williams, you know, Ted Williams was um, left handed. And Joe DiMaggio was right-handed. If they switch teams and you get Joe DiMaggio playing half of his games in Fenway Park, yes, you have the Green Monster out there, but it's it's a short distance. You get uh, Ted Williams in Yankee Stadium with that short right field. I, I don't think it was even 300 feet. I think it was like 298 down it's the right field line. 314 forever. Oh, okay. I thought it was. I, thought it was still, a little I mean, that's still short comparative to these these stadi- the stadiums of old. Because remember, a lot of these stadiums were. Four, like center field in Yankee Stadium was 430 feet mm-hmm. from home plate. And a lot of these stadiums still were built like that, where they were 330, 340 down the lines. Yeah. But that's the thing is, is, is Yankee Stadium is, has, notoriously, has notoriously been like a great park for left-handed hitters. And Fenway Park has been a great park for right-handed hitters. You switch those two guys, and like, who knows where their careers could have been? Who knows where those teams could have been? Yeah. I mean, that's... That's the thing with the Yanks, you know, the great hitters, the great lefties, Joe DiMaggio. I mean, he's a righty, sorry. Lou Gehrig, um, Roger Maris, Mickey Mantle. I mean, you ha- Mickey Mantle's a switch hitter, but that, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's why people come, these lefties 
came to play in New York because um, of that that porch, and pitchers hated it. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely Yankee Stadium. Actually, I think both stadiums are not really friendly to pitchers. Um, yeah, and then it's it's really it's just. You know, the Yankees, I hate to say, I mean, they were unstoppable. I mean, you look at some of the people they had, you know, in the 50s and going into the 60s. You had Mickey Mantle. You had Yogi Berra. You know, you had um, uh, Phil Rizzuto uh, at shortstop. Whitey Ford. Ford, Exactly. You know, Don Drysdale pitching the perfect game. I mean, the Red Sox, well, the Red Sox had a DiMaggio. We had a DiMaggio. Yeah, Dom. Dom Dom DiMaggio. Dom DiMaggio. That's okay. He was second fiddle. He'll survive. Um, (laughs) Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't know the rival, you know, there's always, you know, who has the best players. And it always comes down is it Ted Williams or Joe DiMaggio when it comes to Yankees, Red Sox? I I mean, Babe Ruth's probably the greatest player to play of all time anyway. But, Mm -hmm. um, the Yankees were heavily great in the 40s, 50s, and then the 60s kind of died down. Then they picked up in the 70s, mm-hmm. where a lot of the great Red Sox are modern. Exactly, yeah, because you know the, the Yankees pretty much dominated the 40s, the 50s, into the early to mid 60s, uh, when a lot of those names that we mentioned pretty much, you know, they got older, they had to retire. Um, you know, so I remember, I remember because now we're getting into the the period where you and I became fans. So a, a question I get, and I know you asked it of me uh, a while back when we talked sports the last time. Way back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Way back in the day. So in my now in my house, you know, growing up here in central Jersey, uh, I was my dad was a Mets fan. He was a Giants fan and he was a Knicks fan. So that was the same way, you know, and I would always ask him, I would say like, you know, why do you like the Mets? Like, cause when he was growing up, you know, the Yankees, the Mets weren't even around. Uh, the Yankees were the dominant team. And I said, why are you a Mets fan? And he said, I just got tired of seeing the Yankees. win. <laughs> I wanted to follow an underdog. So was- he became a Mets fan. He, now he watches both. He watches both teams. Now he just loves baseball. He doesn't really care anymore. <laughs> I'll tell you what happened with the Mets, Met fans. Most Met fans are, were originally Brooklyn Dodger fans or New York giant fans. Mm-hmm. And when both of those teams left, and there's another great rivalry, by the way, we could talk about it another time. Um, when they left, people clinged on to the Mets. And I think the Mets franchise is as sad as the Boston uh, franchise in the fact that, you know, the length of time to win a World Series and, you know, now the the Mets are since 86 and the Red Sox was, what, 80 years? Was it? No. Was it 80 years? 1918 to 2003? 70-something years, right? Yeah. Yeah, just about. Yeah. And I tell you, the two of the best games ever played were Yankee Red Sox games, 1978, mm-hmm. the great the great Bucky Dent, and then 2003, mm-hmm. the great Aaron Boone, <laughs> where all Red Sox fans cried another night. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. So, you know, yeah, the Yankees dominated, and then in the 60s, they pretty much, you know, they 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 fell apart i mean a lot of these guys retired they brought in some new talent that they thought and again you know pete you're more the yankees fan so you you could really speak more on that but 
they brought in the great Joe Pepitone, who they thought was going to be the next Mickey Mantle. <laughs> my my stepfather loves Joe Pepitone. That's like his favorite player. I actually met him. I was at a uh, you know I, obviously I do these these Comic Con stuff, but I go mm-hmm. I go to Yankee games every year. Hopefully, I'll get to go to some this year. Um, but they usually have like these signing events because I buy a certain ticket package, and the one year I got to meet Joe Pepitone. And he cool. was the nicest guy on the planet. Nice. My, my, my stepfather loved him. But you're right. They brought him in thinking he's the next Mickey. Uh, you know, at least the next great Yankee. I mean, because Mickey, after Mickey Mantle, they, no one really, no really, you know, there was no great Yankee, I guess, after Mickey Mantle kind of in 63 to 60, you know, 63 to 75 until they really got into the mm-hmm. back in the swing of things. You know, Bobby Mercer was supposed to be that guy. Right. That Yankee. Yeah. And I think, you know, looking at those Yankee lineups there from the mid-60s to the mid-70s, they had guys that had talent, but like role players maybe, you know, no no superstars. As that's happening, the Red Sox are putting together – they're starting to put together their team, you know, led by guys like Jim Rice, Carl Yastrzemski, Freddie Lynn, uh, Carlton Fisk. uh, You know, they – you know, for Red Sox fans, uh, 75 World Series, Carlton Fisk, uh, you know, hitting the home run and, and just and just waving it, waving it to, to, to go fair. Uh, you know, they would not win that series. Um, one thing that's amazing is, uh, you know, my daughter goes to school in Boston, so I've been to Boston a lot. But even before all that, we went up to Boston and we took a tour of Fenway Park and uh, they have seats. They've had them there for years now. They have seats up in the Green Monster, which... When you actually go up there, it's a great view of the field. It's actually, it's actually really, really a good view. It's I, I kind of thought, oh God, you know, you're all the way, <laughs> you're all the way up there, you're all the way out there. Um, but that, you know, that left field foul pole, that is not the pole. That's not the Fisk pole. They actually have it if you walk in the stadium. Oh, they the actually, pesky pole. Well, they have the pesky pole is still there, but the Fisk pole in left field. It's not the they actually they they took it down when they put the seats in and everything they put a new foul pole up but the 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 Fisk pole is actually it's like in a in a walkway it's like in a glass case uh, it's pretty amazing but from the seats there in the Green Monster you could actually safely <laughs> you could actually safely lean over and touch like the left field pole it's it's pretty cool it's a pretty cool view did you know I got two things for you did you know the mm-hmm. greatest thing about Carlton Fisk Jim Rice calls you Sam Scree, all those guys. Okay, go ahead. They never won a World Series as a Red Sox. That's one of their greatest stats. <laughs> yeah, they never did. They never, <laughs> and, never did. And, and did, you know, did mm-hmm. you know that the, 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 the uh, Green Monster is the second, second biggest uh, wall in baseball, in all of baseball? Oh, so who has the largest wall in baseball? The York Revolution, independent league. They have it by... Three centimeters again versus the uh, the green uh, the the green monster. <laughs> three centimeters. Okay. Three centimeters. Did you believe that? Three it's, centimeters. It's, listen, you know what baseball is. It's about stats, right? That it's a is game the, of inches. It's a game is, of inches. That's right. That is the stat right there. <laughs> but yeah, I've never had the opportunity to see the stadium. I'd love to. Um, it's 
it's it's it's definitely a great tour. So you know what? Let's hold off on that stuff. Like the personal, we'll we'll, we'll get okay, to that. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's finish it up here. So the seventies roll around. Uh, both teams are really starting to crank up. They're really really starting to gear up. Uh, now being a Red Sox and a Mets fan, this is something I would get very very used to. So seventy eight comes around. The, the the Red Sox second half of the season. Would they have like a twenty game lead on the Yankees or I think uh, it was seven or eight? Yeah. Oh, no. It started off like after the All-Star break, when it was getting into the dog days of summer, they had like about a 20-game lead that they just whittled away. Yeah, I much think it was like seven the... going, in the, going into September. I think it was seven or eight games. Yeah, and, you know, still you're like, wow, that's 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 a pretty good lead. Now, of course, it, it dwindled down, and, and, and it ended in a tie. <laughs> They were tied for first in the uh, in the AL East, and they had to have a tiebreaker game. And this was the famous, you know, they call it the Boston Massacre. Ugh. Yeah. Well, in Yankee Land, it's well for the Red Sox. I know, like I said, besides you, I do have some other Red Sox fans that you know that they've gotten back at me over the last few years, obviously. Um, but you know, I just say Bucky Dent, and it's Bucky bleeping Dent. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and that's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> Yeah, there was there was, you know, and this was something I mean, we had never seen anything like this, like a top like, you know, the season's over, you know, there's supposed to be an AL East an AL West champion. We didn't have the central divisions yet. Um, and it was only each division winner would go on to the playoffs. There was no wild cards or anything like that. So this was for all the marbles one game, like, you know, sudden death, pretty much. And yeah, little Bucky Dent. Who could like can't even hold a baseball bat? Jesus! <laughs> it was fourteen. It was a fourteen game lead, um, and one of the great, uh, one of my favorite Yankees of all time was on was managing the Red Sox at the time, Don Zimmer. Don Zimmer, I loved, I loved Don Zimmer. He was you know instrumental in the uh, the great core four teams, uh, you know, mm-hmm. for for majority of it. Um, he got a lot of uh, grief for that season. I think he got yeah. fired. Didn't he get fired after that season? He did. I think he did. Yeah. 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 It's and I mean and that 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 would be something that would happen, you know, to the Red Sox and over the next years is, is somebody's going to cause them a lot of grief. Let me we'll ask get you a question. You were in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> you're fifty something years old. So, um, do you remember that? Do you remember that seventy eight game? I do remember it because it was just it was so unusual. It was like nothing because that's the thing is growing up here. We didn't have ESPN. We didn't have the MLB network. Uh, Yankees were on channel 11. Mets were on channel nine. And when the Red Sox would play the Yankees, that's when I could see them. Uh, unless there was sometimes they would have a game of the week, like on, I think NBC maybe would have like mm-hmm. a game of the week. Maybe I could see them. So yeah, I was definitely watching them. I was definitely watching them. You were Red Sox fan then too though? I was because, you know, at that time, so right around that time I was playing little league baseball and I went to like uh, it was like a one week or two week camp, like in like upstate New York. Uh, it was run by Fred Lynn of the Red Sox, and Jim Rice came by, and I was just like, and, and all the kids there were just like, oh, they're the Red Sox, you know, boo, boo. And I was like, no, nah, they're pretty cool guys. <laughs> and I just, I don't know, I just became a Red Sox fan. Like poor right Jim Rice, there. he never got into the Hall of Fame because he was such an ass. That's the only reason why he's not in. I mean, he's a great player. Listen, I may be a Yankee fan, but I understand. I follow baseball, and I love baseball in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are some great players, and he was one of the great players of 
Well, one okay, so not too long ago, I think it was it when did Mariano get into the uh, Hall of Fame? Was it last year or was it the year 19? No, yeah, 19 last year. He, he was the first player to get all all first base like unanimously voted in. Yes. And taken nothing away from the guy. The guy was probably one of the greatest relievers ever. But you're going to tell me that there were people before that that couldn't, you know, get that unanimous vote like that. Well, that's crazy. <laughs> this is a whole other a whole other podcast. Oh, absolutely, but, absolutely. But look at players like Cal Ripken. I mean, Derek Cheater. One guy didn't vote against them, voted against them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that's the problem with the voting, and we'll go into a different time. But that's the problem with the voting because people are because people hold grudges, and it's not fair. Anyway, back to the Red Side <laughs> side note because I can go off on that for for a long time, and not just because of Yankees, but because of other players other that players, are in absolutely. and that are not in. So anyway, back to Jim, back to Jim Rice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, you know the, the the Red Sox did lose that that one game playoff. The Yankees went on. They they played I think the Royals in the uh, American League Championship that yeah, they year. They played a lot. They played the Reds, uh, the Orioles. A lot in the in those in the yeah, between seventy eight and eighty one, they played them. I think three times maybe in the in the championship game. Now baseball, for those who don't know baseball at all, or you know don't remember, baseball was four divisions: two in the American League and two in the National League. And all you had was the championship game and then the World Series, and um, no interleague play, no interleague play, nothing like that. And that's when baseball. Was baseball now? I, I like the divisions, and I don't mind the walk art, but this was baseball being baseball. There's no whiny little brats. The Yankees versus the Red Sox was huge in that era, but the Yankees versus the Royals was big time for a while in that same short period Absolutely. of time with Absolutely. the great George Brett. The great so, George Brett, the pine tar incident. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my friend was at that game, that pine star, pine, pine tar incident game. But um, so, yeah, I mean, the, and the Red Sox were on the cusp, I think, three or four times at that point in time. Yeah. Yeah, they, they were because you also had you had the Royals, uh, the Orioles, actually, with Ken Singleton, uh, Jim Palmer pitching for them. I mean, they had some great teams there, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the thing is, is, you know, baseball in that era with, like you said, you know, A.L., East, AL West, NL East, NL West, you know, no expansion teams. I mean, the talent wasn't just diluted all throughout just so many teams. I mean, they could really, even with free agency, I mean, they could really concentrate talent on a team. And that's the thing is, is look, love them or hate them. George Steinbrenner knew how to build powerhouses, you know, when he took over that team and he took it over in the early seventies or mid seventies. He, he, he took it 73, over. 73 took over. And, and at the time, remember the Yankees were from 64 to when they, they got in the first world, their first world series. in that, that time frame was 76, which they lost. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were, they were not good. I mean, remember this is like Mickey Mouse disappeared. Um, all these guys, you know, Bobby Mercer's on the team, Willie Randolph, Thurman Munson. They had talent, but it wasn't enough. And then Steinberger comes in and he, you know, starts putting money into the team. Reggie Jackson, the great Reggie, and you know, and it's funny. Like 
and as a Yankee fan again, you know, I'm going to keep saying as a Yankee fan, mm-hmm. Reggie Jackson was not there that long. No, he, he was really only there. Wasn't. He was there for five years, maybe. 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 I mean, he was on the 77 and 78 team. And I think he was already gone by 81, 82. So I not- remember, I remember when my dad started taking me to games, probably early 80s. I do remember seeing him probably 80. 1980. So he was probably gone after that. He went out to California. Yeah, he was on the he was on the California Angels. Now, Angels, Reggie yeah. Jackson was a great a athletics. I mean, he <laughs> he's a he's a most popular because again, with a lot of these Yankee players, and I say this as Yankee fans, I say this all the time, is a lot of these guys are famous or most popular because of one game or a couple events. Bucky Dents, Reggie, Reggie Jackson was a great hitter, but that game put him on the map. Yeah, Mr. October. Right. Absolutely. You know, the th- three home runs. Yeah, and that's like players like Carlton Fisk. He, mm-hmm. They put him on the map because he hit that. He's blowing the game, the home run over to the one side of the field, <laughs> you know. Um, not that he, he was a good player. I mean, he won a World Series with the didn't he White Sox. No, the, not with the White Sox. Um, was he on the Reds at one time or now? I think he might have been, yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah. So at this point in time, now the Red Sox and Yankees are finally good at the same time. Yeah, they're finally good at the same time. But you know, whatever it is, I mean, I I, I think yeah, the Yankees the Yankees were just the better team. I mean, because this is when they started winning some championships. Um, you know, they kind of started to show the form of old, but then. The 80s hit. And again, both teams kind of bottomed out. Uh, the Red Sox did start to put together a good team. They got this young guy by the name of Roger Clemens. The greatest uh, Yankee of ever all time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know what? And this is and this is where the trend starts. You know, you had you had him, you had Wade Boggs, who would end up being World Series heroes for the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you something. That 96 World Series, when he's riding the horse. All I'm thinking is Boston fans must be puking out their window because they couldn't win with with poor Wade Boggs. <laughs> and by oh, that time, right. Wade Boggs was half the player he was when he was on the Red Sox. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, with Wade Boggs, with uh, then Johnny Damon getting Johnny Damon, which I remember that I, I was like, uh, don't the Yankees have that policy? No long hair, no beards. Like, how's this gonna fly? Uh, he he conformed. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, funny, uh, me and my other broadcast partner uh, from uh, from the uh, Fat Guys, we actually met Johnny Damon at an event, um, one of those same baseball events. And mm-hmm. he, you know, Johnny Damon, went, he won two World Series with the Red Sox, I believe. Right? Did he win two? He did, yes. yes. And then he, then, you know, he comes over and wins one in 09 with the Yanks against... Yes. Our buddy John's Phillies. Phillies, and yes. John had a nice conversation about him, about how uh, the you know he how Johnny Damon beat the Phillies. But needless to say, you know the seven, uh, you know you're seeing this trend of Yankees and Red Sox going back and forth, mm-hmm. which is rare. You know, it was rare at one time, and now baseball is it's more popular. It's just kind of like seeing Yankees and Mets going back and forth to each other. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, you know. Like the the early the early to mid eighties is when the Yankees were trying to start to gear back up. They had a young man by the name of Don Mattingly. 
you know, over there in Queens, you know, we had Dwight Gooden, we had Daryl Strawberry. Um, and I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, the Mets were the just, king of New York at the time. Yeah. The Mets were the king of New York for a very brief time. Um, got very, very lucky against the Red Sox in the World Series. Got very lucky. They got, you know, as much of a Mets fan as I am. Listen, 86, there was a lot of luck in there, too. <laughs> in fairness, though, I mean, mm-hmm. the Red Sox still had a chance to win that World Series. As Absolutely. Much, I know Bill Buckner gets destroyed now. You know, he got to throw out the first pitch after they won the World Series in 2004, all's mm-hmm. forgiven, you know, kind of like Buckman, whatever his name is, uh, from the Cubs, Bartman. Oh, yeah, right, right. Right. So, you know, I felt you know, that Red Sox had a chance to win that World Series. No, it's and, very true. It's very, you know, very true. Mookie Wilson just happened to be a really fast guy, and the ball went between the guy's legs. It's, it's but, but rare then, but, to see that. But that forced the game seven. See, that's the yep. thing is, is a lot of people think like, oh, Bill Buckner blew it. And yeah, I mean, they had they had the series wrapped up there. You know, they said they were already flashing on the scoreboard. Congratulations, you know, World Sox, uh, Red Sox, you know, uh, you know, 86 world champions, this and that. The champagne was there and, you know, right through Billy Buckner's legs. But then the next night, you know, Ray Knight hits a home run and, you know, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> game over. Game over. Yeah, and again, like I said, you know, this is another time where Boston is f- fighting with New York, except it's just the opposite, the opposite team. Because again, like I said, the Yankees between eighty after their eighty-one World Series loss till ninety-six, I mean, they were in fifth, sixth place a few times. Now, Boston as well were up and down, but mm-hmm. if if they had the wild card back then, the Yankees and the Red Sox would have been wild card teams. I think twice. Yeah, probably. Yeah, with the way the way things work. Yeah, with the way things work now, like with the three divisions and all that. Yeah, they 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 would have, and they would have been meeting a lot more. But still, you know, there was that intense. There was that intense rivalry. Um, then the early '90s roll around, and this is where we get again. You know, it's here comes the Yankee dynasty again, where you know the core four. Uh, you know, they just put together. I mean. Listen, as much as much as I do not like the Yankees, that, you know, th- that Yankees team of the 90s, that's probably one of the, the best lineups I've seen in, in, in some time. That is my will. That's my wheelhouse for the Yanks. Um, you know, I was 20, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21 uh, at the time. My son was actually born um, uh, in 98. So he was there. You know, he was born right Right after the World Series. And my daughter, actually, mm-hmm. the day Derek Jeter became Mr. November, my daughter <laughs> was born that day. So uh, she's lucky she was a girl, because if not, she would have been named Derek. Um, uh, but, you know, what was I going to say? Damn, I lost my train of thought. But the one thing about at that time, you, you hear it, you know, the Yankees buy championships and stuff like that. Uh, the Red Sox had the same amount of money. Everybody could spend as much as they want. Exactly. You know, it's just that at the time, people wanted to come to New York and win. Where now, it's not as, I want to come to New York. You know? Yeah, no. And it's, and again, this is definitely, you know, a topic for for a different episode. But uh, yeah, I mean, granted, free agency started back in the the early to mid 70s. Um, But you know what you're seeing nowadays you know you're really getting the full the full force of it and the full brunt of it and what you're getting now is you know 
it's it's yeah. and again this is definitely a topic for a different episode but where in the past it's like well i gotta go to new york because i want to win a championship uh you know you get randy johnson showing up at the yankees you know you get you get you, you get all these guys you know coming to new york dwight good and daryl strawberry they end up as yankees you know people want to go there to win championships now it's you know where am i going to get paid what kind of deal are they going to give me? You know, am I going to eventually end up in the front office at this place? You know, you, you look at, you look at in other sports, you know, when, when Kevin Durant goes to the golden state warriors, one of the reasons he goes there is, you know, that area, California, there's a lot of, a lot of tech businesses out there. He got heavily involved out there. He was making investments out there. You know, he, he, that's what he was really looking at. Yes. He can win a championship with the golden state warriors, but how could he diversify his portfolio? You know, where's the best place for his kids to go to school and this and that? Like you're seeing a lot more of that now. And, you know, these 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 powerhouses, you know, Yankees, Red Sox, uh, you know, the Dodgers at one time were a big powerhouse. You know, the, you know, these 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 powerhouse teams are kind of gone now. I mean, there's really there's I don't th- I mean, do you really think we're going to see dynasties like we used to? Even even like that Yankees dynasty in the nineties. If I could see one game, I'd be happy at this point. But yeah, you're no, you're right. You know, you're 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 right. Um, I don't know if we're gonna have that dynasty. I mean, you see the Dodgers, you know, winning, getting into the World Series a few times in a row. Um, I don't I don't know. I think baseball is a lot different um, than it, it. It's not as good as it used to be. Um, mm. I think it turned the page um, right after the Red Sox won the World Series. Um, <laughs> Let me go back to that really fast. Let me just say it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Baseball was so much better. The mm-hmm. rivalry was so much better. Oh, absolutely. When before the Red Sox won. Because it was it, it changed. It was like no one like you know, it's like when the the Rangers won the the world uh, the the Stanley, Stanley Cup. Cup for the first time since nineteen ninety four, yeah. Right. It was it was you know, I'm a Ranger fan, so I was happy that they won, right? But mm-hmm. you know, their their rivalry with the the Devils, you know, the Devils would chant nineteen, you know, nineteen fifty four, nineteen forty, yeah, 1940. And, the, and then the Ranger fans would chant nineteen never. When they won, <laughs> when the Devils won their championship, it changed, mm-hmm. and that's what happened with the Red Sox. It changed. It's, I, my hatred it's, for them is less than it was, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, the the faithful season that changed all of this. This nonsense was 2004. Now, the, the 2003, you know, the Yanks, I remember this game as I'm watching it in my house and I'm downstairs and Aaron Boone hits that home run in extra innings. I'm, I'm screaming and my it's like one o'clock in the morning and my wife's yelling at me that the kids are sleeping. I'm like, I don't care. They beat the goddamn Red Sox. You know, <laughs> anytime the Yanks could beat the Red Sox, it was, you know, that the year after now. Yeah. You know, the Yankees are pulling, they pull the Mets. I mean, they pull the Red Sox from, you know, from 86. They have a three-game lead, and then all of a sudden, the Red Sox decided they know how to play baseball. And I think that, you know, winning that that last game, that, that first game that they they were down 3-0, and they won that first game, I'm like, this series is over. The Red Sox are going to come out, they're going to win it all, and then they're going to just put a hurting on whoever they play in the, in the World Series, in which they did. And um, that was the birth of Big Poppy, right? Yeah, I mean, there was Big Poppy that's Kurt Schilling with the uh, that damn sock. 
the, yeah. Shove that sock down his throat. <laughs> no, but I mean, but but you're right. See, that's the thing is 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 before that. You had this whole curse of the Bambino, haven't won anything since 1918. Then they they win, and then they win a few more, and then they actually become a successful franchise. And uh, you're right, a lot of that mystique is gone. And, you know, listen, it's always going to come back to professional wrestling here. Mm -hmm. So when I was looking up about the Yankees-Red Sox rivalry and, like, how it kind of spread out beyond baseball. So at the time, I don't know when this was. CM Punk was challenging John Cena for the world title and CM Punk gets in his face and is telling him, you know, because John Cena is famously, he is from, he's from Massachusetts. So, yeah. you know, he's, he's a Red Sox fan and blah, blah, blah. He became blah. a Red Sox fan in 2004. We know. Go ahead. Uh, okay. Well, you know, how, however it is, but you know, it's sort of like, he's like, you know, he was like, look, you were like the Red Sox, you know, you, you had nothing. You were that scrappy underdog, you know, then you won the world title and another and another and another. Just like the Red Sox did. Guess what, pal? You became the Yankees. I'm the underdog now. And that's exactly what it is. Yep. Once the Red Sox won, hey, it's great. Curse of the Bambino. You know, it's broken. You look at the Chicago White Sox. I'm uh, sorry, Chicago Cubs. You know, they they then when the Red Sox won, then it was like, okay, now they, you know, they're the team with like the longest losing streak here. Yep. And then they finally win a World Series. And it's like, now it's like, yeah, the Cubs. You know, it's like, it's... With that mistake Cubs, is kind of gone. With the Cubs, it all comes back to back to the future because they almost <laughs> predicted it. One year off. One they year were off, one year were, off. They one were. One year off. They were so close. Um, but, you know, nowadays, it's uh, the hatred for between New York and Boston is more – you see more of it in, in football, I think. I guess because for baseball, yes, you still hate the Yankees. You still hate the Red Sox. But everybody hates both teams. You know, everybody hates the Yankees or Red Sox. Yeah, but I think it's like, again, you know, so you'll, you'll look at like, you know, okay, now the Patriots now, they become the big team. You know, they start winning Super Bowls. Uh, you know, they, they're on top. And, you know, it's like that. But that rivalry, that New York-Boston rivalry still continues. You know, when um, when the when Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl and they're having the Super Bowl parade, this and that. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who's leading. I don't know who's leading the cheer. <laughs> yeah, but he, yeah, but the Raiders signed him. Come on now. <laughs> if you want a Super Bowl for me, I I buy the jersey in a second. I have to be honest. Anyway, <laughs> you know what? No, I totally agree with you. Uh, you know, side little side story. You know, when the when the Knicks and the Pacers had their big rivalry in the '90s, I used to say I hate Reggie Miller. Oh, Reggie Miller is one of my favorite players. See, I would wish horrible things upon Reggie Miller, but I would always say if I opened up the paper like over the summer and it's like Nick signed Reggie Miller, I would be like greatest player ever. Love him. <laughs> I remember that game. I, I remember because I'm not a big NBA fan. I like players like Shaquille Neal is my favorite player of all time. And um, and that's when I really started watching professional basketball. I mean, I liked Magic Johnson, too. And this is like right. Magic Johnson. I started liking him right before the whole. Anything, yeah. Um, but Shaquille Neal, when he came in in '92, I was a Magic fan. Um, sure. I was, I was wherever he went, fan. I actually saw him with when he was on the Magic, when he was on the Lakers, when he was on the Heat. Um, but I had a lot of friends that were Nick fans, and I, at the time, you know, 
I, you know, I really, like I said, I didn't care. I wore, I bought Reggie Miller jersey the day after he had that that game. Just to oh piss. my god, the ten points in eight seconds. Oh, just, god. just to piss him off. But yes, so that's how I feel. Like the way you feel with that game is how I feel about two thousand and four with the Yankees Red Sox. It's, so then, so all right. So let me ask you then. So you know, as 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 a lifelong Yankees fan, yeah, when they start getting. A Wade Boggs, a Johnny Damon, uh, a Roger Clemens. Like, what? What is your thinking? Is you like, you know, how dare they? Or you're like, no, this is smart. They're getting the talent. I'll tell you this. Um, when it came to Wade Boggs, as a kid, right? Obviously, I'm a huge Don Mattingly fan. He is in the wheelhouse. He's, he is my favorite Yankee of all time. And Derek Cheater is number two. Thurman Munson's number three. Um, when Don Matt, I always wanted to see Don Mattingly and Wade Boggs play together. Really? Wow. Yes. Okay. Okay. When we, my friend George and I, um, we always had like, we play stratomatic baseball and all these things like mm-hmm. that. Um, always wanted to have Wade Boggs and Don Mattingly. And in 1993, when Bill, Wade Boggs came to the Yankees, is when I'm like, oh my God, this is the greatest time for me as a Yankees fan. Um, I just wish Don Mattingly was on that 96 team to win it with yeah. Box. I think the Yankees, that's one of the things I disliked about Steinbrenner mm-hmm. is that he could have kept Mattingly on for another year and still have Tino Martinez. Because um, if you remember the, 90, the 96 team, the Yankees had Tino Martinez, but then they also yes. picked up Cecil Fielder. Mattingly, yes. Mattingly yes. could have been that Cecil Fielder. You know, because the Yanks that year, you know, everybody thinks, oh, they, it was, you know, Jeter, Bernie Williams. The Yankees had two first basemen at mm-hmm. that, that season. They had um, Fielder and Martinez, and then yes. third base, they had Boggs and Charlie Hayes. So there was some room to keep Mattingly there. I think it was a slap in the face in 97 to have him come, you know, put the flag up in uh, – for the world championship in 97, which I did against the, the Red Sox, by the way. Um, <laughs> so that, that's my bit, my one bitterness towards the team. Now, you know, again, like you said, I'm a long time Yankee fan. It's only two teams that I followed from day one to now Yankees and Raiders. Mm-hmm. And I've been, I had a lot more ups than downs with the Yanks. You know, <laughs> I will say this. I am less bitter when the Yankees lose now than I, than when I was younger. Like, I would cry if the Yankees lost, especially if they lost to the Red Sox. <laughs> I, I could understand it back then. I mean, and, and also, you know, our circumstances back then compared to our circumstances now, you know, where back then, you know, sports played a really important part in our lives, you know, Absolutely. where now it's like, you know, putting food on the table, paying the mortgage, you know, sports are great, but I, you know, I don't live and die by it. I mean, um, I, I look forward to the Yankees Red Sox games because when I was a kid, Raiders stopped at whatever. And I didn't watch every game because like you said, with the Red Sox, they were not on all the time. Yeah. Uh, and I wasn't a big hockey fan at the time. So January, February, and March, you know, I was like scratching, kind of like I'm now trying to get the hell out of the place, uh, you know, hoping that baseball would start soon. NASCAR's on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Virtual NASCAR. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've been, uh, I've been uh, dropping down now watching Cordhole. All right. So, I mean, 
this is not good. Hey man, they take that <laughs> they take they take that seriously. Oh, I know. My buddy owns a business that, and they they run cornhole events and it's like a tailgate game. Could you believe that? A tailgate game and now they got leagues. It's on uh, so ESPN8. <laughs> how am I not how am I not, you know, I should why can't I think of some of these things? Anyway, sorry, going yeah. back to the <laughs> going back to the event. So my feeling about the Yankees going, you know, the Yankees and these players coming over, especially like the players like Wade Boggs and Clemens. I, unlike a lot of the Yankee fans, I love the idea of Roger Clemens coming to the Yankees. Um, I hated him with a passion, but now he's one of my favorite pitchers of all time. But I have respect for him when he was on the Red Sox. He was a great pitcher. I still think he's in the Hall of Fame before this whole, you know, steroid thing. Steroid thing. Yeah, yeah. He, was, yeah. he was a great Red Sox. He he was a just like Barry Bonds. He was great before this all started. He should be in. And and that's and again that's like a separate thing, you know, yeah. with the whole steroid era and everything. But uh, and if he goes into the yeah. Hall of Fame at some point, he should be wearing a Red Sox hat, not a Yankees hat. I I mean yeah, that I didn't want Johnny Damon. I didn't want Jaco- uh, Jacoby Ellsbury though. I will say that. <laughs> okay. So, Fair enough. Fair enough. Said, fair. So, <laughs> so have you ever been to Boston? I've I've been to Boston, but not to a stadium, not to a game, not to a game. Yeah. But uh, but you've been there though, so you, yes. you've been you've walked around. So let me ask you, which town or which city, New York, Boston? What what do you think? Not not you know in terms of the teams and this or that. In terms of like the fans and the passion for their teams. Where's the better city, New York or Boston? Uh, Chicago. Um, <laughs> it's funny. Chicago is you're either uh, if you're you live on one side, you're a White Sox fan. You live on the other True. side, Cubs fan. But that city's ninety nine percent Cubs fans. Um, New York. <laughs> I think Boston is probably. I, I think Boston was full Red Sox. And probably more crazy until the till the Patriots came, and then I think it it dropped down a little bit just because even though it's two different sports, it you know it, it killed it. I think the New York, you have the two teams, and it takes away from that that piece. So the Boston's mm-hmm. probably more passionate. I think they were more passionate before they won World Series mm-hmm. versus now. I think the fan is different. Yeah, I, I, you know, having walked around the city, uh, lived in Brooklyn for a couple of years, uh, you know, been out there, you know, and making a lot of trips up to Boston, I would say I would think Boston, because what I notice here is in this area is while I see plenty of Yankees fans, I see plenty of Mets fans, Giants fans, Jets fans, Rangers fans. There's also I mean. I, you know, over the years, I've worked with people that were like lifelong 49ers fans or they were lifelong. Like I find like this area, you know, central central New Jersey, um, you know, it's it's a melting pot. You know, you get people in this area, you know, I, you know, people would say like, oh, you know, Pete, you're from New Jersey. Why are you a Raiders fan? I know I know at least 10 or 15 diehard Raiders fans like Got season tickets at the new stadium, planning trips to go out there. Uh, 49ers fans, Cowboys fans, Steelers fans. Like it's I feel like this area, it's so kind of diluted with people loving so many different teams that uh, 
you know, where you go to Boston, it's like it's it's Boston or bust pretty much. I think, you know, nowadays, Mm -hmm. I I think, you know, maybe beforehand, I think more a lot of people pick their teams because of either because of their parents, you know, they they root for whatever or because they're winning. I know a lot of 49er fans and the only reason they're 49er fans is because they were eight, nine, 10, 11 years old. And Joe Montana was throwing touchdowns and winning Super Bowls. Exactly. Um, I think that vice now. I think that you have your Red Sox fans who are diehard Red fans. Red Sox. They've been there since they sucked till when they won. Then you have mm-hmm. the ones that you know they win and they're you know that's that's how they become fans. And I think the same thing is with New York. I think that you have your crazy Yankee fans. Because I listen to a lot of sports talk in New York, mm-hmm. and there are some nut jobs out there. You know, they're never happy. You know why? Ira, you know, Ira the, the Ira, yes. Let's <laughs> let's trade Jorge Posada because he struck out three times with the bases loaded. Okay, yes. You have those nut jobs, mm-hmm. and then you have the, the ones that are you know I'm a Yankees fan, I've been a Yankees fan since I was a kid. My dad was a Yankees fan. Blah 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 blah. And then you have oh. The two thousand, the ninety, the ninety six world champions, and now all the fans come out. So you, I think, but I think out of all the sports teams, you have these two teams, mm-hmm. where their fans were are diehard, bitter fans from the get go. Yeah, that's just I, my I, opinion. I, I've said from New York, so you know that's what I think. I, I mean, I would, I would think so, and I would, I would, you know, and as as much as I don't like any of the teams from this area. I would have to throw Philadelphia in there too because fans from Philadelphia <laughs> love oh, they're them. Crazy or, too. Yeah, they're nuts. They're nuts. They're absolutely nuts. Um, I mean, they are incredibly passionate about about their teams down there. I think you see more with the Eagles out of all their teams. Absolutely, there, absolutely. Yeah. When they're yeah. throwing snowballs at Santa Claus, you know, it is what it is. But you're right. No, I get it. Yeah. Um, just, you know, a little, little kind of like talking about the rivalry kind of branching out. So, uh, I think back in the early two thousands, uh, you know, the, the franchise or the, the, the company that owned the Red Sox started expanding out and they started to get not controlling interest in, but they had an interest in, um, the Liverpool soccer team over in, uh, the English premier league, the New York Yankees struck a similar deal with Manchester city. Uh, now those two teams over in the English Premier League, Liverpool and Manchester City, have like the same type of rivalry as like the as as the Yankees Red Sox because it's all kind of tied back into kind of who has controlling interest in them. Uh, when they do kind of like a summer tour, those two teams would play each other. I think one year they played up in Fenway, the next year they played in uh, the new Yankee Stadium. And so they're kind of, you know, now spreading that rivalry out, uh, you know. Here we go. And Different sport. Yeah. Soccer fans are nuts. I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I love my Yankee fans and Red Sox fans. Those soccer fans, especially in England, are crazy. I That's... mean, it's it's mm-hmm. it's fighting in bars over what color shirt you're wearing. You know, yes, I yes. I could walk into Boston probably wearing a Yankee hat and get harassed, but no one's going to kick my, yeah. unless someone. You know, I'm not, if I'm just like you know, if I keep my mouth shut or just like playfully you know talk to a guy you mm-hmm. know i've done that in, in baltimore or whatever else just like you know bantering but yes. you know in you no know, in england 
you say Manchester and you're in Liverpool, you're getting your ass handed to you. You absolutely <laughs> right. You yeah, know? and it's and it's and it's vice versa. You know, I've walked around the city with a Red Sox hat on, and you know, I, I get jokes and I get like uh, going into a building, the doorman's like, "Oh, I don't know if I could let you in here." Ha 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 ha. You know, come on in. Oh, I mean, did you park the car? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let me tell you something. Cassie, my daughter, you know, who who goes to school in Boston and, uh, you know, she so she's she's up there pretty much all year round. She hates that accent. She's like getting <laughs> on the tee and, you know, hearing the, the hearing the uh, train driver, you know, the announcement going, we're pulling into Harvard Square. She's like, oh, why do they talk like this? <laughs> and, you know, living from coming from New Jersey and living out where I do, I get mm-hmm. busted about my New Jersey accent all the time. So. Oh, I get busted. I'm like, what accent? When I, I speak perfectly normal. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly what I say, too. I say, you're the ones that say the weird crap, not me. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, you know, I, I've been up to Boston a few times, uh, and I definitely took a tour of the stadium. But, Pete, you've never had a chance to see Fenway Park uh, live? No, not live. Um, it's one. It's on the bucket list. You know, I did the I did Dodger Stadium a couple of years ago. It's Chicago, mm-hmm. Wrigley Field, um, mm-hmm. obviously old Yankee Stadium. And this is, I mean, Boston's kind of the last one I can go to that's old stadiums. So I, I really want to get there. Yeah, it's definitely one of the old stadiums, and and uh, we did Wrigley Field as well. Um, one of the kind of weird things about Fenway Park is it's literally right in the middle of a neighborhood. Um, when you're kind of coming at it from, um, uh, and I really wish Cassie was here because she knows the streets better than me. I think it's Beacon. I think if you're coming up Beacon, you see the Sitco sign. You kind of see uh, the back end of, of of the Green Monster there, so you see it. But if you're actually driving towards it, like when we did our tour, taking the GPS, we're driving there. It's like make a right down this street and there you are. And I'm like, we're in the middle of a residential area. <laughs> like, where's the stadium? Because um, it, it looks from the outside, it just looks like any old brick building until just you a see junkyard. No. <laughs> <laughs> it actually kind of looks like and I know you've been to Camden Yards. Um yeah. So you know how they have like the old factories there that they've now converted into restaurants and things. Yeah. It kind of looks like that. So you're like, oh, okay, there's some brick buildings here. And then you see the pennants and then you see a very small sign that says like, welcome to Fenway Park. A couple of things that I was really struck by is I had forgotten how many films were were actually shot there. Um, When we started the tour in the kind of bottom part of the stadium, if you ever saw the movie The Town, that's where Jeremy Renner and uh, Ben Affleck, they uh, basically rob Fenway Park. And at the end, there's a big shootout, and that's where it took place, and that's where they filmed it. And the guy tells you that. Um, you see the concession stand where uh, Kevin Costner and James Earl Jones had their conversation uh, in Field of Dreams. And when you step out, like you come out uh, behind home plate and, and you see the field, I was like, oh, my God, this field is so small. <laughs> um, it really is a small field. But then you see the green monster looming there. And it's absolutely unbelievable. Excuse me. Um, they still have original grandstand seats. So if you ever kind of see like a wide shot of the stadium or like an overhead shot, like as if you're coming in from like right field, you'll see kind of in the uh, 
almost towards the top of the first tier of seats, you'll see like a ring around the stadium of these blue seats. Those are the original grandstand seats. They had us sit there like n- none of us. None of us could fit in there. You know, you 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 saw my wife. My wife barely fit into one of those seats, and she was a tiny woman. Like it it was like it fit her perfectly. And it's like there's a um, there's sort of like poles there in the way. So you get like the semi obstructed view seats. I mean, it's really, really an old stadium. But if you're a fan of baseball, if you're a fan of baseball history, whether or not you like the Red Sox, it's kind of irrelevant. I mean, it's there's so much history there. It's definitely a great tour. I've been to the old bars around the stadium. Absolutely. Yeah, there is. Now, unlike Wrigley Field, where, you know, people would go on the roofs of the buildings around Wrigley Field. So eventually Wrigley Field was like, well, we're going to turn those into seats now. (laughs) Um, That's why they put up the Green Monster. The Green Monster was put up there because people in the neighborhood would just sit outside of the stadium and they had an unobstructed view. So that's why they put the Green Monster up to really block the view. Um, The way kind of the bars and restaurants are around there, if you're up on the roof there, you're not seeing anything like you have to go to the stadium. Um, But it's it's definitely it's 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 a great tour. A lot of history is there. Like I said, they took down the original Fisk pole. Uh, The pesky pole is still up, I believe. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's absolutely amazing. Uh, and it, the area is so small that when we got finished with the tour, we come down and again, we're in the gift shop because all tours end in the gift shop, of course. Yeah, you get yourself some toilet paper. <laughs> you get whatever you like there. Um, <laughs> but, but when you come out, that's where the players park. So we literally came out. It's like an alleyway. And you see like Bentleys and BMWs and you see like a lot of like, uh, oh, the Yankees red, right there. like a lot of, <laughs> ha ha. <laughs> you see a lot of like Red Sox employees there and they're like, you know, yeah, this is where the players park, like in the alleyway behind the stadium. Uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, I've never been to the new Yankee stadium. I know you have. So what's, what's yep. it kind of like there? I like old Yankee Stadium better. Mm-hmm. Um, just a real quick thing about old Yankee Stadium. It was it was definitely, it was, you know, I'm sure like Fenway, when you walk in, you had, you know, and you walk through the, the, what the, the, the between the aisles to get out to the state, out to the park to your seats. Mm-hmm. Um, you had that, you had that Yankee Stadium. You didn't see the field from inside the, the outside part of the old Yankee stadium. Like when you're in, when you walk into the stadium, it was all concessions and stuff. Yes. And you had to walk through the thing to walk out and see the field. Old new Yankee stadium, you walk in and it's all opened to see the, mm-hmm. the seats. Um, now that's great. Cause like if, you know, if it's really hot and you want to stand up, up on the, in the concourse and watch the game, you kind of can. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's, it's, New Yankee Stadium is like a museum. Okay, it's like one of those you go in, don't touch anything. You know your kid. You know it's seventy five dollars for a hot dog. <laughs> um, the you know obviously they have the Monument Park is still there. That's one of the greatest things to go see. And they have a museum inside the stadium that you can go and it's free and see like every Yankee that was ever to ever played on the Yankees has a ball signed and it's on in this like the middle of this museum, which is really cool. Even wow. like 
Babe Ruth, everybody. Um, I don't know how they got him. Maybe Babe Ruth signed it from the from the uh, depths of hell. Who knows? Um, it was the uh, I think it was the ball from the Sandlot that uh, they thought the dog ate it, but uh, that's it. It yeah, they, 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 yeah, they fished it out. <laughs> so New Yankee Stadium is not like like old Yankee Stadium. Now, old Yankee Stadium, when you were outside the stadium, you know, there's a park. They did have, they still do have the bars and stuff. It's not as mm-hmm. nice as like when I was in Chicago, where like, like the the city's built, the stadium's built in the middle of the city, where the, yes. it seems like a Yankee Stadium. Yankee Stadium's built, you know, step away from the city. Um, you can still walk to it from the Bronx and whatever else, mm-hmm. but you know New York is so big versus obviously Boston, it's it's not as homey. Old Yankee Stadium gotcha. was homey, but yes. it wasn't homey. Um, mm-hmm. But I do remember when you, there was a behind the stadium, there was a parking lot where all the players were. That's what you know when you're talking about the alleyway, where yeah. you would stand and they'd have the, the gates up, and the players would walk by and sign autographs, or you could see them and coming in and whatever. Or the bu- the visitors' bus would come in and get there. We would get there so early that we'd wait for them. Mm-hmm. And I had a Bobby Mercer autograph on my glove, which was awesome, and I can't find it anymore. Oh. But so I have a feeling that you know, if I you know going to like Boston, I mean going to Chicago. That's more the same feeling than it is for going to Yankee Stadium. Now, like Dodger Stadium, it's the parking lot's just mounds of hills where you park and stuff. And then the outside, that's kind of like Yankee Stadium's kind of like that. Mm, mm. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that is something I've noticed, you know, going into Fenway, remembering the old Yankee Stadium, uh, going to Wrigley. Yeah, kind of like that really closed-in, homey feel. Um, I have gone to Citizens Bank Park uh, to see, you know, the Mets play the Phillies, and it's a nice stadium. But yeah, it's now more of that sort of open type. Camden Yards is the same way. Like when you were a great stadium. Camden Yards is a beautiful yeah, it's stadium. Beautiful. I love going there. Again, living so close, I go to probably like ten, fifteen games a year not even just yankee games but like other games because they're so a so cheap ticket tickets um Mm -hmm. because they suck uh (laughs) i probably dislike them as just as much as i dislike the red sox but um it's such a great part to go see a game it really is it's so fun and it really is and uh you know some other stadiums that i've gone to uh didn't get to see a game there but took the tour um up in toronto that's a beautiful oh, okay. stadium and it's it's in the middle of Toronto but the way the kind of plaza is set up it's like you know it's kind of got that mix of it's a nice modern stadium but it's also kind of has that homey feel like it's in downtown Toronto uh it's a that's a pretty nice park to see i i think to me I remember growing up, you know, I did watch baseball on TV. Nowadays, I really can't. Like, I I need to be there and get, like, the whole the whole experience, I think. My challenge is, you know, listen, there's 162 games, and I watch probably a majority of them for the Yanks. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love the idea, and obviously with other podcasts that I'm on, we go see other parks. And I'm hoping that, you know, one day, Jay, you and I – and uh, John can go to a, a game somewhere else. Um, Absolutely, I love going to other parks, and I do enjoy baseball more going there because it's more the feel of going to see the actual park versus 
the game per se, uh, mm-hmm. especially now because the game has changed. Um, I but, mean, so like one of the things is when um, like our company took us down to Baltimore for like a manager's training thing. Um, I think it was an excuse to go see a Yankees game at Camden Yards <laughs> either way. But, uh, you know, a, a client of mine was like, oh, you know, he he and his wife, they they go everywhere. They've been to just about, you know, football, baseball, like they've been to most of the stadiums out there. And he was like, oh, you're going to Camden Yards. He goes right down. He goes right down the right field line, like, in, in, you know, that corner there. There's a barbecue place. He goes, you ever hear a Boog Powell? I was like, yeah, of course I heard a Boog Powell. Well, he's got a barbecue place right there, you know, and sometimes he is there working the grill. He I met him last year. At at his at his stand? At the at stand, yeah, in Camden. And let me tell you, that's some damn good barbecue. <laughs> yeah, it's good barbecue. I, you know, I just think, and this, I know we're off the subject, I just think a lot of these stadiums now are built to make money. I, I mean, I don't no. know what else to say. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Versus... I want to get the, the kids in and stuff like that. That's why I love going to like minor league parks. Yes. Because yes. it's so much different. But again, just to bring it back to the New York and versus Boston, um, uh-huh. I think that's where Boston actually has the edge. They make it more homey for, for the fan versus the Yankees. I'm sure now they have Boston seats are probably crazy expensive, mm-hmm. but you know, in New York you have, you know, when, when the, when the great thing was when I could afford to go take a, a game and go sit in like the first couple rows behind old plate. And that cost me $50 per seat to take my son. Mm-hmm. Now those seats are not even, you can't even touch them. They're five, six, seven, $800. You know, you, it loses the luster. And I think, you know, maybe that's where Boston has the edge. Yeah. I mean, tickets there are, cause you know, with my daughter going to college up there, you know, I usually look to see like, <clears throat> oh, let me get some tickets there. And the the thing is, is you know, they <laughs> kind of like out in Green Bay. I mean, you know, to get on that list for season tickets, it's pretty tough, and they snatch up those tickets right away. Uh, all the diehards do. So you know, if the team is doing good, yeah, good luck getting tickets at a decent price. Um, and if you're gonna sit up in the Green Monster. Uh, because I know, because I get the emails, you know, right before spring training, it's like time to enter the lottery. Like you, you, and it's not too bad. I think like you pay, I think last year, I think it was like a hundred or $150 to enter into a lottery to win. Like, I think it depended. Like if you wanted season tickets up there, it would cost you a little bit more. If you wanted like packs, if you wanted to buy like a pack of seats for like a, a pack of games, you your lottery ticket to try to get them was a little bit cheaper but yeah i mean it's it's they're they're tough to get because you know they they sell out consistently and you know it it's it, it there's not that corporate feel there i mean yeah you see the budweiser signs and you see the coca-cola signs and above right field or down the right field line there's like the pepsi cola patio which is um kind of like standing room only it's actually pretty affordable uh they kind of have like bar stool seating and you can kind of sit and watch the game from there and get up stretch your legs but you don't get that you know you don't you well, don't like, get like like you said a game like boston a team stadium like boston i'm willing to put a few funds in to be able to sit and watch i don't think i'd watch from the green monster because I'm scared of heights and I'd rather be closer to this 
close to the okay. field. I know it's supposed to, be, it's supposed to be great. Well, Pete, let me tell you. I mean, I am no fan of heights at all, and I was a little leery going up there. It's really not that bad. It's really, really not that bad. I would just suggest if you're sitting more towards the back, don't turn around and look out towards the street like I did, because then I was like, whoa, okay, let's 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 get down now. Vertigo. Here comes the vertigo, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But it's so it's, yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. This I was is gonna what say we do. We interrupt each other all the time. It's perfect. <laughs> no, it's I was radio. <laughs> it does. Uh, I mean, I was going to say, you know, look, I mean, these teams make money. I mean, they're a business. Absolutely. They got to make money. They they have to make money. But I think when you, you know, with these with these seat licensing and, you know, you watch a Yankees game and, you know, it used to be you would watch a Yankees game and behind home plate because that's that's the view you see most of the time on the broadcast. I mean, it's packed. Yeah. Now it's not because people can't afford to sit there. I mean, you know, you got to make money. I get it. But come on, these teams have so many deals with networks and, and outside interests that I think they could kind of tone it down a bit. And well, I mean, it's 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 supposed to be a family event. You're supposed you, to take I'll, the kids. Go ahead. I'll give you some ex- example, like an example. So when I was 18, 19, 20, 21, those four mm-hmm. or five years before I got married, I had season tickets to the Yankees. I had a 10-game package with my buddy. And we and we sat in the upper deck behind home plate. Because that's oh. like, those are, for me, I think those are the best seats, air quotes, that you can't see because you see the whole field. Okay? Yeah. And you yeah. can, yeah. yeah, you don't have to play, you can't see, look at the player in the eye, but it's still a great seat. That package cost me $200 over over four seasons, $200 each season for 10 games, which you're like, holy cow, right? Mm-hmm. I couldn't even get one game now for that price at Yankee Stadium. And it's a, it's a joke. It's it, it really has been – it's really bad, and that's where I think baseball is really, you know, falling out because you know how they talk. You hear it all the time. I want to make baseball – we want to make it more fan-friendly and the youth of today to, to watch the games. You can't. It's impossible. Right. I, I, you know, and and I would say to the owners, you know what? Go to some minor league games. Go to some, you know, double A and triple A games, and you will see how those, like, how those stadiums, how those teams, how they cater to the fans. You know, because I mean, the thing is, is you you know, where I live, we have the Somerset Patriots, which is basically an independent league. Yeah, they play the York Revolution here. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, you're not really going to see a big name there. I think like the biggest name, I mean, Sparky Lyle was the manager there for a while and that was the big draw. And I think Greg Nettle's son played there for a while until he. Yeah. Shane Spencer was a coach there for a while and he was a big, he was one of those, you know, extra players for the Yankees during the 96, 97, 98 world championship teams. But the thing is, is, you know, I'm not going there to see, you know, the talent or anything. I'm going there to watch baseball. I'm going there to have a good time. I do what you do. I get, you know, kind of the top of the first, you know, tier there behind home plate. Some of the best seats in the house. The concessions are affordable. Parking's reasonable. Um, It's a very nice stadium. And if you're a fan of baseball, it's it's just great. And they do so much for the kids. They do so much for the family. 
you know, take, take, take a page out of, you know, their lesson plan there. And, you know, yeah, maybe more people will start coming to, to professional baseball. No, you're right. I, I have four minor league teams around me that I go to more games there than I go to, um, any other games. And I, the total price of parking is zero for all of those places I go to. Wow. Where Yankee Stadium is $50. I know we're getting off the track. So let me just give you a quick Yankee Red Sox rival game that I went to. Go ahead. And, okay. So 1997, Yanks, Red Sox, you know, everything's, this is middle of September. This has nothing to do with the game. I just want to, it's <laughs> just how fans are crazy. God. I was at, I'm sitting in the upper deck like I did with my, you know, my buddy. And we're like in the sixth row and it's like eight total rows in that first section. And around the seventh inning, we're sitting and we see peanuts flying over our head. Okay. Okay. All right. It's hitting other people in front of us. Mm-hmm. And it's slowly getting where people are yelling, screaming. By the middle of the eighth inning, we had a brawl in our in our uh, in our section between Yankee fans and Red Sox fans because they were throwing peanuts at each other. Oh, gosh. By the end of the by the end of the inning, it was me, my friend George, and these two old Chinese women sitting left, and everybody else got thrown <laughs> out of the section. You had it all to yourself. <laughs> yes, so that tells you. And the, the the Chinese ladies were Red Sox fans. And we were sitting next to each other, and we were just talking to each other, having fun, whatever. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, by the end, we just turned to each other and go, we're not going to fight, right? And they're like, no, we're not going to fight. I'm like, go ahead, because I always want to watch the game. And, you know, we had to call we had to call security because it was going so crazy. Wow. Like I said, there was about 50 people in the section. Mm-hmm. And then there were – that's how bad the rivalry has gotten. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it is. But I think, you know, for all those stories, I think there's also a lot of like good stories and lighthearted stories. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, look, it doesn't matter the sport, it doesn't matter the team. You're gonna get those crazy, crazy diehard fans. Uh like I said, I went to a game at Citizens Bank Park to see the Mets play the Phillies. And I saw Phillies fans yelling at this kid must have been 12 years old wearing a Mets shirt. And they were uh, in a very, very not nice way asking him to, to like remove it, um, like using some words that I'm like, it's a kid you're talking to. You really shouldn't talk to anybody like that, but you're talking to a kid. <laughs> like I almost got in a fight in Baltimore because of that. That uh, four drunk college kids mm-hmm. were walking past and it's Kyle's wearing his his Yankee shirt. He's 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And they're getting in his face, yelling at him, "You Yankees, blah 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 blah." I'm like, "Dude, I don't care what you think about the Yanks. I don't really care." Right. But when you're it's a ten year old, you yeah. want to say it to me? That's one thing. A ten year old, step away. And I've seen that with Yankee fans at Boston, kids, and vice versa. And, and vice places. versa, absolutely. And, and it's just like, absolutely. That's not that's not needed. Let the kid come. He's coming to enjoy the game. The daughter, the girl's coming to enjoy the game. That's what baseball should be about. Shut your hole, watch your team, and be quiet. Exactly. You know, you you hear stories of, you know, if you go up to Green Bay and uh, you go watch a game there and, uh, you know, just like a lot of football fans out there, I mean, they're famous for their tailgating. And diehard Packers fans, you could come in there fully decked out in Vikings gear (laughs) 
and they'll throw some jokes at you and they'll rib you a little bit and then they'll call you over. Let's have a beer. Let's have a hot dog, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, it's not world politics. It's it's sports. And, yeah, I'll make jokes about your team. You'll make jokes about my team, blah, blah, blah. But it's just a game. <laughs> exactly. It means nothing. They don't care about us. Uh, and when it's all said and done, I know that, like you said, I think the Yankee Red Sox rivalry will continue to, to grow, um, mm-hmm. continue to be the top notch in all sports and all of everything. Um, but let's remember that it's not life. It's not real life. It's, you know, it's just a it's, game. It's grown men getting played to play a game. <laughs> right, exactly. And I'm not getting paid to play. So I, I pay for them to play. So I'm not happy about it. But Needs to say, um, the Yankee Red Sox rivalry, yes, is by the greatest rivalry of all time. Yeah, of, of, of anything, you know, of, uh, yeah. <laughs> of anything. anything. But I mean, we will be coming back and we will be, you know, among other topics. Uh, we're going to bring up other rivalries. You Trump know, versus gonna... all Democrats. That's the next one. <laughs> I, I don't know about <laughs> That's the greatest problem. That might be our our last show ever. That's right. Yeah, we don't talk politics. No, we don't. No, we don't. The next one will be Big Scrooge versus the IRS. I think that'd be more fun. (laughs) Now, now the actual (laughs) IRS or the wrestler IRS, because that would be pretty. (laughs) That would be pretty cool, actually. He has a great rivalry with, uh, I don't know. I, can't I don't think he had a rivalry with anybody. <laughs> when he was a Mike Rotunda, he was okay. Him and Barry, okay. Him and Barry Windham as uh, the what were they? The US, USA Express. Yep, yeah, you got it. <laughs> First, the Iron Sheik and Nicole Nikolai Volkov. Yeah, Nikolai. Yeah. So anyway, it doesn't matter. So anyway, finish, finish this off. We're going so far off. <laughs> All right. So, uh, like I said, you know, we're definitely going to be coming back. We're going to be talking some more rivalries. We're going to be talking, you know, eh, the usual stuff that we talk about. Don't worry about it. Uh, do us a favor. Head on over to Instagram. Enter the Nerd Zone is there. Uh, I post pictures about the content that we talk about. I will throw up some polls. Um, share with us, you know, are you a Yankees fan? Are you a Red Sox fan? What do you think of this rivalry in general? You know, share stories and, and, and whatnot. Uh, you could uh, message me on instagram uh, i i check that feed all the time um and i don't know pete anything yeah i mean reach out what? to us at enter the nerd zone right and then i'm on instagram as uh and at sokeith 37 so you know hit us up hit us up hit us up yeah if you're a yankees fan definitely follow pete because he's he's he goes to games uh you know you'll you'll see his pictures there you'll see Absolutely. his pictures uh, all the fun he has, you know, and it's, I mean, and, and, and again, at the end of the day, it's a game. At the end of the day, it's just a podcast. Everybody yeah, relax. It's just a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we have our, we have our interstate rivals nerded me, so it's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All righty. So, yeah. So anyway, so guys, check us out on, on Anchor, um, Apple, Apple. Uh, what, what's that? What's Apple's? Yes. Uh, well, yeah. You know, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, uh, Google Play, Spotify. Really, anywhere you can find a podcast, you will most definitely find us. Yeah, and it's in these crazy times, guys. Make sure you're reaching out to your lo- small businesses and uh, uh, trying to keep them afloat. Why? Why this craziness is going on? 
listeners. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, on this podcast and other podcasts that I do, I mention this all the time. If you are a comic book fan, check out TKO's TKO studios.com uh they sell graphic novels they sell collections from different writers they have different merchandise there uh if you see something you like and you want to buy it uh they're still doing it at checkout you identify your local comic book store and 50 percent of your purchase will go towards that store so that's that's another great way to help out uh, a local business so you know if they're local businesses and i i know we're trying to end here if the small the comic book store they have to register to be part of that. I don't know how. I don't, that works. You don't know. Yeah, you <laughs> I don't have know no idea. How that I'm works. just hoping that I'm just hoping that people are doing it and making sure they're notifying, like like our friends at uh, uh, Kirby and uh, of course at Main Main Street. Main Street. So. Yeah. Yeah, Main Street's well, actually doing. Um, they're doing curbside pickup now. Oh, you could actually awesome. if you. Actually, yeah, if you're in the Central Jersey area, you're a comic book fan. Uh, look for Main Street Comics on Instagram. Uh, message them if they're they'll let you know how you can purchase comics online from them. And I think they have certain days and times and you just come by the store and they pretty much hand it to you from the, you know, they try to minimize the contact. So they, they throw it know, at you from the window, from the yeah, door. Here, catch. And you drive by, they toss it at you. Take your comic books, you nerd. <laughs> Get off my lawn and here's your comic books. Uh, <laughs> well, Jay, with that said. Yes. Same bat time. Same bat channel. And Pete, this one's for you. The Yankees win. Ah, Yankees win. <laughs> Thank you, Sterling. <laughs>